Holly loved her job. Holly loved being the now owner, the manager, the first person that everybody saw when they opened the door and walked into her bar, the Angel's Halo. And Holly loved seeing each and every one of her customers. And to Holly, the people who came in regularly were more like friends to her than patrons. Holly had been running the Angel's Halo for about 10 months now. And she had become the owner of it when the former owner, Beth Freeman, had died and left the bar to Holly in her will. Beth was a wonderful, loving, happy, hopeful, beautiful woman in her 60s when she died, who immediately took a shine to Holly as soon as she met her, when Holly had come in to the bar after, and when she first arrived in New York City, asking if Beth had any need of some bar staff. And as soon as Beth had taken one look at Holly, it was love at first sight. And Beth offered Holly a job on the spot. Beth had died of leukemia, just after Holly had begun running the Angel's Halo full time. And she had left all ownership of the bar to Holly. Because in her own words, Holly was like a daughter to her. Beth also wrote in the letter that she had left for Holly to read after she died that You were the angel that I had been waiting for all my life. There is no more perfect person who knows me better than anyone who I would trust with all that which means the most to me. Holly was reluctant at first to fill Beth's shoes, as it were, and run the bar almost single-handedly. However, Holly loved the angel's halo, and she had done from the moment that she had walked in, went over to the bar and sat at a bar stool, looked to the other side of the bar at her own reflection, and then saw the beautiful blonde-haired vision of Beth Freeman sitting in a cubicle behind her wearing a t-shirt with the Union Jack flag on it, and smoking and holding a cigarette in her left hand and a glass of Jack Daniels in her right hand as she looked down and read her copy of the Wall Street Journal, and who did not move a muscle, but who did not need to. Beth had always told Holly that she knew her even before she met her, and she also told Holly once that she had had a dream about Holly the night before Holly walked through the door of the Angel's Halo. Holly missed Beth so much. Above the large mirror behind the bar that stretched the entire length of the wall, there was a framed photograph of Holly and Beth that had been taken on Beth's last day at work, and on the last day that she would ever step inside or ever see the angel's halo again. Holly was currently wiping down the top of the bar and looking out into space as she thought about everything and anything that immediately and repeatedly came to mind. Beth, Philip, what she felt like having for lunch, a new photograph installation that was being held in Central Park the following afternoon, Philip's message that he had sent her about an hour ago, what she was going to buy her mum for her birthday, and when Holly's first customer came in through the door of the bar, she didn't even realise they were there until they sat down at the bar and said, The usual holes, said the gruff voice of Henry Dial as he took off his large red overcoat and settled it into the seat of his bar stool 
Holly didn't flinch or even say a word. She just carried on wiping down the top of the bar and looking out the window to the city street outside and lost in her own world of thoughts and feelings until Henry looked directly at Holly and yelled, Hey, Holly, come lately. Come back to the land of liquor and fetch me a chaser. Henry's voice grabbed Holly by the ears and immediately made her turn her head. Hank? How long have you been here? asked Holly in her sweet English accent that always sounded to Henry Hank Dial, just as he always imagined the Queen of England sounding when she was Holly's age. Long enough to now have a throat like the Mojave, replied Hank with a rasping cough as he made his voice sound even more gruff and parched than it usually did. More than usual? I'm sorry, I was in a world of my own, said Holly, as she reached for the bottle of Johnny Walker Blue on the counter behind her, and then with her other hand picked up a shot glass and placed it on the bar in front of Hank. Yeah, I could see that. Catch the game last night? asked Hank as he held the shot glass out in front of him and then watched Holly pour a shot's worth of whiskey into the glass in one wrist action and then place the bottle on the bar. Game? What was it this time? The old pigskin? The old first fastball? The old slam dunk? A wide-eyed Holly asked with a beautiful smile as she stood behind the bar with her hands resting out in front of her as she looked down at the bald, pop-marked face of Henry Hank Dial drinking his whiskey and then almost dropping it on the bar top. The what? replied Hank in his distinctly gruff voice that sounded now more like the rumble of an old lawnmower being pushed over paving slabs. The, you know, the old, said Holly before looking down at Hank with an expression of complete bewilderment, because even she had no idea what she was saying. Holes, I'm not sure how they describe it in jolly old Queensland, England, said Holly, as she quickly jumped in and corrected Hank mid-sentence, with a smile on her face of distinct delight and amusement. Yeah, England, but over here, what we call football... Football, I think you call it rugby, or something like that, where you come from, said Hank, as he finally finished his previous sentence. Well, not really. I mean, the ball's the same shape, but we usually call football football too. However, not what you call football, explained Holly with a smile, consciously playing around with Hank for her own amusement. You mean soccer? said an already inebriated Hank. No, I mean football, replied Holly, still smiling, as she watched Hank roll his eyes at her. Soccer is as much football as football is water polo, said Hank, as he went to reach for the whiskey bottle before Holly picked it up and began pouring into Hank's empty glass again. If you say so, but I don't think so, replied Holly, before turning around to the counter under the mirror behind the bar and looking up at Hank and at her own reflection, just as the front door of the angel's hailer opened again and the sunlight streamed in. Hello, Charlie. 
How are you? What are you having? Asked Holly as she looked, saw and immediately recognised a reflection in the mirror of Charles Charlie Priest. Taking off his fedora that he always wore and simultaneously walking over to the bar. Hey, Holly. Yeah, I have my usual. Straight up, replied Charlie with a smile as he looked into the mirror and caught Holly's gaze in her reflection. As Charlie put his hat down on the bar and then took off his leather jacket and put it on the bar stool he intended to sit down at next to Hank. How you doing, Charlie? asked Hank as he reached over to shake Charlie's left hand. Doing good, Hank. How about you? asked Charlie as he took Hank's left hand and shook it. Not bad. Not bad. See the game? Hank replied as he looked at Charlie straight in the eye. Did you? asked Charlie as his smile instantly became a grimace and he then shook his head slowly from side to side. Can you believe it? asked Hank with a similar expression of disappointment on his face that perfectly mirrored Charlie's. Not a chance, replied Charlie. And they had the sweetest of runs too, said Charlie as he sat down at the bar and took a sip of his Kentucky bourbon that Holly had just put down on the bar in front of him. Thanks, Holly. Just what I needed. So, how's your date, Halls? asked Hank as he then turned to Holly, who was again staring out the window. Holly! shouted Hank as he stood up from his stool and reached over to the bar to touch Holly on the shoulder. What? Oh, Jesus! Hank! What's going on? asked a startled Holly as she looked at Hank staring at her straight in the eye. I said, how was your date? said Hank with a mischievous grin. Don't tell me you were thinking of Loverboy just then. Never you mind, replied Holly, as she cocked her head to the side and smiled awkwardly. But if you must know, I was. And yes, it was great, said Holly, as her smile too became a grin that beamed like the sun. Where'd you go? asked Charlie with a smile before he took another sip of his drink. The ice bar on 6th, below zero. Do you know it? replied Holly, as she leaned over the bar and again could feel herself drifting off into another daydream and flashback to the night before and her date with Philip. Ice bar? asked Hank with a confused look on his face. Never heard of it. Very nice, Holly. I hope you wore a coat on your date last night. It was bitterly cold when the sun went down. That and you were in an ice bar, Charlie remarked with a smile as he loosened his bright green tie and undid the top button of his black shirt. I did. And yeah, it was nice. Very nice. And Philip is... He's great, replied Holly as she continued to smile and take long intakes of breath. A real prince, is he? asked Hank as he went to reach for the bottle of whiskey as Holly yet again moved it out of his grasp. He is. He's my Prince Charming, replied Holly as she smiled and then got up from leaning over the bar and put the bottle of whiskey behind her again. Yeah, sure he is, replied Hank. By the way, I wasn't finished with that. 
said Hank, as he looked up at Holly with his dark brown eyes, and then down and over to the whiskey bottle behind her. He is, and yes you are. That's what you get for being rude about my new boyfriend, said Holly with a smile, as she glared at Hank with an amused expression on her face, and in a joking tone of voice, and then turned to Charlie and smirked at him. Rude? Me? said Hank with a genuine look of surprise on his face as he was taken aback slightly by Holly's suggestion. Yes, you, Hank, said Charlie as he turned and looked at Hank and then patted him on the left shoulder. There was Holly telling us about her amazing new man and you made out like... Hey, wait a minute, I didn't do any of the like, Hank interrupted. I was just saying... I know you were just saying, Hank. It's okay, it's okay. We're both just picking on you, replied Holly with a smile, however with concern in her mind that she might have accidentally hurt Hank's feelings. But he is nice, and we did have a great time last night, said Holly, before turning around again and retrieving the bottle of whiskey that she had taken away from Hank and returning it to him. And then she began looking at the window again, time travelling in her mind. Good. Great, I'm glad, said Hank, as he poured himself a large measure of the whiskey into his glass. Good, replied Holly, as she slowly returned her attention back to Hank and Charlie, because I really like him, and I really think that he could be the one, said Holly with a warm smile, as the sun shone through the window of the bar again directly on her. Oh my God! exclaimed Hank, spontaneously shaking his head and then taking another sip of his whiskey. I mean, that's great, said Hank with a smile, as Holly turned to look at him with an unamused expression on her face at what Hank had just said and continued to look at him even after the moment of surprise had passed somewhat with a raised eyebrow. Thanks, said Holly with a smile finally after a few seconds of contemplation. Congratulations, Holly. We're all happy for you, said Charlie, as he looked up at Holly from where he was sat and then raised his glass in a toast to her. Thank you, Charlie, said Holly, as she reached over to touch Charlie on the head. It was then that the door of the bar opened again and another regular and patron walked in with a burst of sunlight and again the bar echoed with the sounds of New York City. Holly? announced Mike King as he rushed in and over to the bar and who seemed almost out of breath and as if he had just ran 20 blocks or more. What is it, Mike? asked Holly with a look of concern on her face as she looked at Mike straight in the eye and followed his every step towards her. Are you okay? Holly, you, there, Mike began to talk but did not make any sense as he spoke and rasped, and then laid both of his hands on the bar facing Holly. Take a deep breath, Mike. It's okay. What's happened? said Holly, as she took him by the hand and as she tried to steady him from shaking. There... There was a fender bender on 7th. Someone jumped the lights and ran head-on into an SUV, explained Mike as he started to catch his breath and attempted to put into words all that he had witnessed and all that he needed to tell Holly. Oh my God, was anyone hurt? That's terrible. 
said Holly, with a look of concern before stepping away from the bar and moving to walk around to the other side. Actually, Holly, I don't know how to tell you this, but I watched the whole thing, and I saw the body that they pulled out of the driver's seat of the cab, and... said Mike, as he watched Holly walk around the bar and then finally stop when he was two feet away from him and looking straight at him. What is it, Mike? Who did you see? asked Holly with complete and utter wide-eyed fascination, but with a tinge of concern at what Mike was about to say. Holly, I saw you, said Mike finally, as he continued to look Holly straight in the eye, as a single tear fell from his right eye. I saw you, or at least someone who looked the spinning image of you, explained Mike, as Holly stood with her left hand over her mouth. What? You saw who? asked Charlie with an expression of amazement and bewilderment at what he thought he just heard. I'm telling you, as God is my witness, the driver was you, your exact twin, Holly, in down to the colour of your eyes, said Mike as he looked around at everybody in the bar to let them see and know he was telling them the truth. But that's not possible, said Holly quietly, as she started to back away slightly with her arms folded out in front of her, however, not for a second breaking her gaze with Mike. Tell me again, Mike. Please, tell me what you saw. Holly raised her voice slightly. Right at this instant, to Holly, it felt as if the temperature of the bar had rapidly increased to 80 degrees or more. Holly felt uncomfortable. Holly was confused and could not make any sense of what Mike had just told her. Mike, nor anyone in the bar, had ever seen Holly like this before, which concerned them all. Holly, said Mike, as he lunged forwards and grabbed a hold of Holly's arms to stop her running away. It was, it was you, I swear. You've got to believe me, said Mike, as he too raised his voice and continued to look Holly straight in the eyes, which were now filled up with tears rolling down her cheeks. But it wasn't me. It couldn't have been. I'm here, I'm here said Holly, as she fully broke down in tears, as she stood and was still being held in place by Mike's embrace. I know. I know it couldn't have been. But believe me, as soon as I saw the face of the driver, your face and their body, your body being laid out after being cut free of the wreck by the jaws of life, I couldn't believe what and who I was seeing. I still can't, said Mike, in tears also, as he again re-ran the memory of all that he saw and recollected of the crash. The face of the driver, whom he had seen, who looked just as Holly did as she stood in his arms right now, also flashed through his mind over and over again. Take me there said Holly, as she moved around and eventually broke free from Mike's grip, and then walked around to the other side of the bar again to retrieve her jacket from the hook where it hung. I want to see where the accident happened, said Holly, as she put her on her jacket, and then wiped the remaining tears from her eyes, and again stood in front of Mike and met his gaze. Holly, no! 
You don't need... Yes, I do, said Holly, as she cut Mike off mid-sentence, and then took him by the hand. Mike just continued to look at Holly as a single tear fell from his right eye, and as his sixty-year-old heart felt like it was breaking within his scarred chest at the sight of Holly's face that looked like she had been given the worst news that she had ever heard. Mike felt a touch of guilt for being the one to tell her what he had seen. Mike silently nodded and agreed to take Holly wherever she wanted to go, and then Holly and Mike walked out of the Angel's Halo and towards 7th Avenue.